It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. Let me ask you this question. What is God's ultimate purpose? We need some of that um, Jeopardy music. What is God's ultimate purpose? And you've probably heard me say it before. And what is God's universal will? What is the universal will of God? What is God's ultimate purpose? Think about it. Anybody want to just shout out something? Yes, sir. To redeem us to himself. Yeah. He set that in motion before the foundation of the world. How does he go about doing that? Through Jesus. So we can kind of start, walk all around this. But there's a simple answer that really says that and all the other things. You've heard me say it before. God's universal will, the universal will of God for every person is to know him and make him known. His ultimate purpose is to know him. And just, uh, you know, like Thomas said, then it's to redeem mankind back. Because when we know him, then we have received his son Jesus, right? So think about this. His ultimate purpose when God puts the bottom line, the bottom line on everything is that he wants us to know him and make him known. Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, Lloyd in his book, God's Ultimate Purpose, uh, it's a, he, his little subtitle is Exposition of Ephesians 1. Uh, he wrote a whole book on chapter 1 of Ephesians, I believe it. He said, our supreme need is to know God. Think about that. Our supreme need, our greatest, most important need that we have is to know God. Would you agree or disagree? I mean, we can think of a lot of needs. There's a lot of things we need every day. We need certain things. Do you really think that that's true? That God's, or our ultimate need, need our most important need is to know God? So is that a one-time thing? Do we know him and get saved? How does that work? Because how big is God? That old choir song we used to sing way back in the 70s. How big is God? How big and vast his wide domain? You know, How big is God? Will we ever know him completely while we're here? In our finite uh, reckoning and our... Our ability, could we ever really know him fully? Not for who he is, not here, but so that, that means that really knowing him should be a process, right? I want to start a little mini series this morning called Getting to Know Him. How about that? See, the reason for that is I'm responsible for you. I don't know if you know it or not. In the Bible, it says that uh, teachers, there's more. Um, when I stand before the Lord, I'm going to be judged more rigid and a whole lot, a whole lot more because I had that position of teaching and instructing. So here's the thing. When I get that opportunity to present you before the Lord, as Paul was talking about to present those to the Lord, I want you to know some things. 
And I want you to know what you're up against. You know, you, if you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, have to give an account. And you're like, well, nobody told me that. <laughs> it's like, you know, this, you get stopped for speed and you say, well, I didn't know. Nobody told me I was only supposed to go 30 mile an hour. And um, they said, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the law. Uh, when we stand before him, one of the things that we're going to be judged on is what we did in our life to know him and to know him better every day and to make him known. Because if we know him, if we get excited about something, when you find out something, when you discover something, you know something, don't, aren't you excited to tell somebody about it? You know, hey, um, we can't hardly wait. We want to go tell somebody what we've learned or what we've found out, what we've discovered. So we need to know him. And it is really just a, a, as I said, it's our greatest need. It's our most, it's our supreme need in this life is to know him. Because if that's, let's, let's put it to the test. You know how you always do a math problem, you know, and you test it out and see if it works out. So let's say, well, but pastor, I need finances. Well, do you know him as Jehovah Jireh? Do you know him as provider? If you know him in that area, then you don't have to worry about that need. If you just know that you need to know him, then when you get to that position of need, it'll be taken care of because you know him. Is that true? Well, I, I need healing. Oh, do you know the healer? <laughs> do you know him? You know, the Philadelphia church in Revelation chapter 3 this is a, a picture of the overcomers, the bride of Christ. And what Jesus says to them, he says, uh, you have, he said, I know you have just a little strength. In other words, they've been going through a lot. I know you have a little strength, but you have kept the word of my patience and have not denied my name. In other words, what he instructed us to do, we did, and we didn't deny his name. And in other words, how, as we discover him and know him, then that's how different, you know, he has all these different names. And I want to teach on that next week more specifically. But we begin to then know him as in that characteristic within him, knowing God, knowing him. Well, how are you doing on that, in that area? How's that working out for you? You say, well, what's in it for me? <laughs> you know, if I'm going to invest all my time and energy, my whole life in knowing God, what's in it for me? Isn't that right? I mean, isn't that what our... Our flesh tells us, what's in it for me? Well, let me tell you, the best thing that you could ever receive, God's very best, the best of the best, is what's in it for you. Let's look at a couple of things here. I want you to uh, open your Bibles to John 17, 3. Jesus was praying. You know, we, we say in Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer. Actually, that's the disciples' prayer because he was teaching. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. So we said, well, when you pray, say. And so he taught them to pray, and that's, so that's kind of our prayer. That's how we're supposed to pray. His prayer really is in John 17. This is when Jesus is, is calling out to the Father, and he says, this is eternal life, that they may what? know you when this is eternal life that they may know you 
the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that they may know you. So if we know him through Jesus, as he said there, then what we get out of that is what? Eternal life. I know that's so abstract, isn't it? It's like, how do I nail that down? Because we, for some reason, we always think eternal life is, is like that's our spiritual 401K. We hope it holds up really good, and we don't know really what we're going to do with it when we get there, but we hope it works out for us. And, and when we step over, you know, into that sweet forever, and then we say, okay, what's eternal life? What is eternal life? There's two words that make that up. Life is the, word, the Greek word uh, zoe, which means life as God has life. How does God have life? What kind of life does God have? With no limitations. There's no limits on God, right? Whatever God needs to do, he can do. Whatever he needs to do, there's no limits to keep him from doing that. Eternal means that it starts and it never quits. Now, that's a, pretty good, that's a pretty good offer right there. If we will purpose to know him, he says, hey, what I'm giving you is eternal life, the same life I have. You're going to be like me. I mean, I created you to be in my likeness anyway, but, you know, Adam and Eve blew it. But we're getting it all back together. We're getting the band back together. And, and then we're going to work this thing out. We're going to have, I want you to have the same life I have. Eternal life. No limitations. No limits. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? Life which is God's life is how it's actually said. Uh, not affected by the limitations of time or, or boundaries or anything. So eternal life. So there's, you know, we say, well, you know, when this life is over, but... Eternal life doesn't look at it that way because there's no limitations in time. It just keeps going. Amen? Now, Jesus said in John 10.10 in 10, the uh, New International Version, he says, The thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have... There's that Zoe word again. There's that life again. I have come that you might have... No limitations, a life with no limitations, life, and, and then he even adds, how can you add to something that there's no limits on? He says, and have it to the full. Whoa, awesome. Life without limitations, and the word full there in the Greek actually means over and above more than enough. Y'all ain't getting this today. <laughs> Y'all must be smelling barbecue or something. I don't know. I mean, this is some pretty good stuff. This is a pretty good promise. So, I think we're living way below our privilege. <laughs> I think, I, you know, I, man, I've missed it many times. I didn't cash in that, uh, that eternal life thing, man. I mean, I didn't apply it in, in that situation. You know, sometimes people give you gift cards for your birthday or Christmas or something like that. How many of you have gift cards? And I'll put them in my money clip, and every once in a while I'm going through it, like, what is that? I've had it a year. <laughs> Didn't use it. Oh, man, I wish I'd have used, I wish I'd have used that. You know, eternal life is kind of like that. We got it. <laughs> We've got it, but it's in our pocket, and we never pull it out to use it. People, why aren't we living the life that 
we're entitled to live. I don't know if I like the word entitled, but what's been given to us, it's, you know, we have been, God adopted us. He placed us into his family as full sons of God. And he's, Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I ordained or predetermined that you would go and bring forth fruit, fruit that would remain. And if you ask the Father anything in my name, he'll give it you. Amen. So, you know what? We have to have eternal life. And we've got to know God so that we know how to, what this life is all about. Because it's the same life he has. So we've got to discover this so we can activate it and use it so we can go and bring forth fruit. So, because, and now then, hey, that puts us back into his ultimate purpose of knowing him and making him known. Because if we go to bring forth fruit, we're making him known, right? Know him, make him known. Know him, make him known. What are you going to do tomorrow? I'm going to know God better, and I'm going to make him known better than I did yesterday. Wow, if you do that, that ought to be the first thing on your list. Are you getting this? Know him and make him known. So Jesus said, hey, the thief's going to come and try to steal from you, put limitations on you. He's going to kill. He'll kill you if he can. He'll destroy everything about you. But I've come that you may have Zoe, that you might have unlimited life and have it over and above more than enough, anything that you need. If you ask the Father anything in my name, he will give it to you. Have you heard him say that before? What are we doing with all this stuff? Well, we file it away up there someplace. But that's where we ought to put that over in knowing God. Oh, I know that Jesus said, if I ask the Father anything in his name, in, in the name of Jesus. So that means if I'm asking in his name, I need to be doing what Jesus would be doing, which would be making God known, <laughs> really. Yeah, so if we need something to make God known, he'll give it to us. Amen? It's like I look back and think, how in the world have we done some of the things that we've done? Moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma with four kids, no money, and a U-Haul truck that barely, we spent all the money we had to get the truck to come down here. And uh, went to the school and said, hey, we want to rent this school. Oh, you do? Well, we, have, we don't do that. Oh, good. This will be your first opportunity to do that. And fortunately, Charlie was on the school board at that time, and I kept bugging him about uh, bringing this up in the meeting. And we rented Walt Disney Elementary School. We're going on 30 years now. This June will be 30 years for Light Christian Center. Amen. And so, I don't, I don't know. Somebody asked me, but it wasn't people that needed to know. So, well, how much money do you have? I said, I don't have any money. <laughs> money? Who needs money? I've got eternal life. <laughs> money? I've never had any money. <laughs> I, I didn't go into the ministry for money. I left money to go into ministry. All the money I had was back there. But I don't need it because we have no limitations. Somehow it worked. We met there for about six months, and we really needed a place because get this, try to get a hold of this. About 6.30, show up at the school, start folding up all the tables because it's a is it a cafetorium? What do they call those things? A cafe, a cafeteria, and an auditorium together. Fold them all up. Put them away. Set the cha chairs out. Get the little uh, gymnasium ready for all the kids to meet. Set all the PA stuff up. We had to set everything up. Every Sunday morning. 
have a little bit of uh, practice, you know, and get ready for church. And then, uh, well, we did it to, uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night, so that, you know, at that time, so that, I think we did, so that, we, you know, make our, all that effort count. And then Wednesday nights, we did the same thing. We'd come in there and scattered around. We left a little bit, not as much as we did on Sunday mornings, but did it again. After about six months of that, we really need to get a place to, to, wor- to worship. And it was kind of strange because here's this preacher that comes down from Oklahoma. Nobody knows me. And we show up with a little brown U-Haul trailer, unload a bunch of stuff in this school, and preach and load it all back up. It's like people are, well, I wonder how long they're going to be around. <laughs> they're loading everything up in that trailer. They might be gone. Well, this building came up for sale at an auction, and what? I just didn't, uh, this is, that's not worth it. So the Lord really, he kept drawing me and, and just laying on my heart. So we made an offer of $150,000 back then. That was in 89, or 88. It was in 88, I think. It was like December, November of 88. Oh, they turned that down. I mean, because the building back then was worth $450,000, and so they laughed. $150,000? Who do you think we are? Okay. Good. That's, I didn't want it anyway. <laughs> I, I don't care. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's just, we just, wherever God wants us, that's what we want to do. And so then it went to auction. The Lord said, you need to go bid on that building. Really? Yes. Well, you got to have $2,500 to get into the auction. We didn't have any money. We had $586 and a typewriter, and that was it. <laughs> and they didn't care about either one of those. You know, they wanted some money. But I think you've probably heard this story. We uh, let me fast forward it. Right as I was getting, it was time to go. I tried to go to different banks to get a little, you know, some money in advance. Nobody wants to give that preacher any money. They don't know me. I rolled in from Oklahoma. Been here six months with a U-Haul trailer. What, he might just roll right out. <laughs> so Sandy said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to go to the auction. And it's way out there, that Omni Hotel out there on I-10, Chris, out there where you guys are. And so I said, well, I don't know. I, you know, maybe it's because I'm supposed to do something on the way. I don't know, but I'm going to head that way. And I just opened the door, and the phone rang. And a guy in the church said, hey, pastor, when are you supposed to go to that auction? I said, I'm on my way. He goes, oh, oh, oh could you sw- swing into Pearland? I go, sure. He said, meet me at the bank. I said, sure. He said, well, I, 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 well, I think I was supposed to give something. I thought, if you'd have done that last week, <laughs> we wouldn't have been so <laughs> nervous here. I wasn't really nervous, trusting the Lord, but I was a little bit nervous. And uh, showed up. Anyway, he got a, a CD. He was going to do a bigger one. It wouldn't work, so we had to get the small one. I'm thinking, I don't know how big. I don't have, have a CD, so I don't know how big a big one is and how small a small one is. And it was uh, 2000 No, no, no. Wait a minute. It was uh, $8,000. So it was $8,000. And so um, I said, okay. And, and he said, I said, well, don't work out. I can meet you back here and give you your check back or whatever. Got to the, to the auction, went up there, just showed them the check. And they said, okay, well, that's cool. They didn't even take it. I don't know how all that worked. But anyway, got into the auction. And uh, here we go. Next thing I know, we're buying a building. I mean, everybody wanted this building. Everything else was going dirt cheap. Then all of a sudden, everybody jumps in. The devil had all kinds of people out there bidding on this building. But we got it for eight, $86,500. Sure glad that they denied that 150000 <laughs> that we didn't have anyway. And so um, you had to give 10% down. And, uh, oh, that's right, we had $656 in a typewriter is what we had. So I'm like, I have to have 10% down. So, well, there's, what would be 10% of 
86500 would be $8,650. Thank you for leaving us that six bucks, God. <laughs> Thank you for leaving us that six dollars. And, you know, no, on the way to go put this, give this to the FDIC, a guy stops me and says, hey, are you the one that bought that skate center? I said, yeah. He goes, uh, that, that's your number there? Yeah. He says, well, how about I, I give you some, some money? And he says, uh, and let, let me have it. And I'll, I'll go buy it. I go, I'm like going, what? Because I had been intense in this, this bidding. I'd been listening to God. I was really, I, I said, uh, what? He goes, well, here. He says, I can give you this money. You give me your number. They don't know. It's just that number. And uh, you can have the money. That's on top of everything just for you showing up. He says, and then he said, we'll buy it. And I go, no, well, I, I'm pastor of church. We really need that building. He goes, I don't think you understand what I'm saying to you. I thought, well, maybe I'm not. I think he was about that tall. And so he says, that's a check for $10,000. You can put that in your pocket. He says, anybody else here with you? I go, no. You can put that in your pocket. He said, how will they? Anybody else? No. And man, I got upset. I knew right then we made the, I said, you insult my integrity. I said, and second of all, I said, I would, there's no way I would do that. You know, I mean, that, God wanted us to have this. So then I knew for sure everything was going to work out. And we ended up getting the building, and the rest is history. But, you know, we needed to do that. I mean, things are weird. Yeah, you know, but we, I needed to know God had called us down here. I needed to know that God said to establish my people here in Alvin. I needed to know God in a way that I could trust him enough to believe him to go to an auction to bid on a building when we didn't have any money. You got to know God. Everything else, I needed this, I needed that, I needed this, I needed that. But you know what? All those needs are supplied when you just know Him and, and who He is. Amen? We got to know Him. We got to know Him. If you know Him, then see, you don't doubt. So, well, I don't know if you know my daddy or not. <laughs> no, I mean, I, not me, but my daddy does and now I'm the same thing because I'm an heir <laughs> I'm a joint heir in fact with my older brother Jesus and and so hey that counts for me so yeah we can handle this no problem <laughs> look at uh, look at Romans chapter 5 verse 17 so you know we saw the why why do I need to know him we need to know him so we can Tap into this eternal life, this unlimited life that we can have from him. And um, we can have it to the full. In Romans chapter 5, verse 17, the New International Version says, For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provisions of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign where? Where? When is that? How, anybody alive here? Are you living your life? So reign in life, would that mean now? Because remember he said he was going to give us eternal life. And I just want you to know that it's not over there. It starts now. And so we can reign in this life through eternal life that we can receive by knowing him. Okay? If you don't get anything else out of this, know this, that if you know him, 
then he gives you eternal life, which starts right now. Right now. Right now. Eternal life will buy a building for a church. Why? Because we're making him known. You wondered what that story is all about. Remember I said before that, know him and make him known, and we, he called us down here to make him known. Well, to do that, we needed to have a place to meet. Well, it was okay for a school for a while. Then this building, to make him known so we can equip people and train people to go out from here and make him known. That's what it's all about. It's very simple. Just know him, make him known. So Paul says that this eternal life is that we can, we're to reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Now, under Adam, we were separated from God. We were, as, as Mr. Wonderful says on the Shark Tank, you're dead to me. I don't really like to compare God to Mr. Wonderful because God really is Mr. Wonderful. But, you know, I mean, basically what God was saying when sin entered in and when we stepped into that sin through Adam is, you dead to me. Because we really were dead to him. We're separated from him. Amen? Paul tells us in Romans 5.17 that we're to have this eternal life and it starts right now. Know God, make him known, and he gives to you whatever you need right now. Without limitations. No limitations. If somebody told you, you can have whatever you want, no limitations, here it is, what do you want? <laughs> you know, I was like, whoa, wow, I want three more of those. <laughs> three more wishes, that's why, right? But God says, hey, you're going to need this because you're, I'm equipping you. You're going to need this now. Well, the thing is that we fall way short of the standards of holiness that is required to communicate to God. And so, really to get to know Him, we need to be able to communicate with Him. Well, how's that going to work out? Because if we're not holy, because sin that entered into the world, how are we ever going to do that? You see, there's a problem there, because nobody could ever be good enough to be holy enough to be able to be a part of God's family. That's why for years nobody can make it until what happened? We know Jesus, that new man, came, lived that life, that sinless life. He paid the price. Well, God worked out something. He says, I want a family. I've been wanting a family. And he says, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to predetermine before anybody gets a chance to be good or bad, before you get a chance to mess up or try to be good, I'm going to predetermine that whoever believes that Jesus is my son and he pays the price for sin, I'm going to accept them just as I accept Jesus. Wow. He says, and, hey, I'm going to declare them to be right. We're going to be in, we're going to be in right standing again. Hey, there's no more separation here. Romans chapter 3, verse 21, the New Living Translation says this. In Romans 3.21, New Living Translation says, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Verse 22, we are made right with God, listen, by placing our faith where? In Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. Anybody here that doesn't fit into that category? <laughs> No, anybody, whoever you are, right? He says uh, that you're going to be made right. Verse 23, for everyone has sinned. Ever been in those services? The pastor says, all right, every head bowed, every eye closed. Anybody have sin in their life? 
pastor, you got sin in your... First John says he that says he has no sin lies and deceives himself. And if you do that, you're making God out to be a liar. I don't want to call God a liar. He said, I got sin in my life. I'm saved. You can be saved and have sin in your life. It, it's there. You might not be aware of it yet. It'll pop up sometime. And when it does, you've got to deal with it. Judge yourself lest you be judged. We say, oh, there's, oh, man, look at jumping out there. Uh-uh, you, you dead. Get behind me. <laughs> Ain't going to yield to that. But he says here that um, for everyone has sinned, we, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Ah, look at 24. What does it say? Yet God. Wow. That'd make a great series, wouldn't it? Yet God. Well, you know, I was having to sing hee-haw songs. Y'all probably, some of y'all probably don't even know the hee-haw song. Gloom, despair, agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Remember that song? I don't even want... I reverse, I, those words die. <laughs> you know, and you can say, that's me, yet God, <laughs> yet God. God does something, why? Hey, because when we know him, if we've been made right with him, wait a minute, he says, well, that, that's my child. And so he says, uh, yet God with under, undeserved kindness declared that we are righteous. Woo! He did this through, Jesus, through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. You have been set free. That's why in Galatians it says, uh, he that uh, is free is free indeed. You have been set free from the penalty and guilt of sin. Don't let the devil try to tell you or lie to you and tell you that you are still held in that. And you, no, you've been set free from that. God declared you to be righteous and in right relationship with him. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Verse 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shedding his blood. Now, wait a minute. We're knowing something about God here. What I'm learning about God is that what Jesus told Nicodemus in that garden when Nicodemus was making sure none of the scribes or Pharisees saw him went out to see Jesus. Hey, can I ask you a question? He said, you're supposed to be a teacher over the, uh, and you're supposed to know all this, this stuff. And he told him, you must be born again. But he went and he said this verse that we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever that mean meet and you whosoever believes in him shall have what there's that promise there's that promise again eternal life not just for over there but for now whoever believes in Jesus has eternal life so here wait a minute what I'm finding out is if I want to know about, if I want to know God, I, 
I need to know Jesus. If I want to know God, I need to know Jesus. You don't think that's really important. Because, but let me just say, let me phrase it like this. Well, it really doesn't matter what you call the supreme being. I mean, it can be Allah, it can be Buddha, it can be whatever. It can be the Muslim God, it can be the Jewish God, it can be the Christian's God, it can be whatever. It doesn't matter as long as it's him, it's him, as long as you know him. Problem, problem. Can't know him without knowing Jesus. I, we were driving, I saw this bumper sticker, and it had all these different signs, you know, it had, you know, it had the Muslim sign, and it had the Christian sign, it had the Jewish sign, it had the Hindu, all these different, made up this thing, I can't remember, huh? Yeah, coexist, all this, and, I, and it's like, oh, they pulled a Rodney King, can't we just all get along? Yeah, we can, in Christ, <laughs> in Christ, but you can't outside of that, so you know, here's the might seem like a little little thing, but this is a big thing in the world we're living in today. You can't know God if you don't know Jesus. You can't know him. So, but we've got this mandate. We need to know him. Because when I know him, then I receive eternal life. Okay. And he says, you can know me when you know my son Jesus. Ah, yet God... With undeserved kindness. <laughs> you didn't deserve it. People say, well, I just want justice. Oh, no, you don't. I don't want justice. Not, not me, God. That's him. I'm away from I don't want justice. I want mercy. Mercy, God. Mercy. I want what I don't deserve. Justice is getting what you do deserve. I don't want none of that stuff. <laughs> just give me mercy and grace. Lots of grace. Undeserved kindness. Wow. So what's the key, the key to knowing God? Believe that Jesus sacrificed his life for us. That's the key to knowing God. Now, remember, this is God's ultimate, ultimate purpose in all the world. It's for everyone to know him and make him known. That's his ultimate purpose. If that's his ultimate purpose, here's how we do it. Through Jesus. Believe that Jesus sacrificed his life for you, you, me, you, each one of everyone. He sacrificed his life. That's what Jesus was saying, telling Nicodemus in John 3.16. God loved the world so much, he gave his only son. If you just believe in him, you'll have eternal life. John chapter 1, verse 12 I like this, John chapter 1, verse 12 says, As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. You got any children of God in here today? Let me just see. If you, if you remember back in the, I don't know if y'all had this vacation Bible school and stuff. Did anybody go to vacation Bible school? And little, if you're saved and you know it, say amen. If you're saved, you know. <laughs> so, have you received Jesus? I mean, now you can start to know God. And some people just stay there, and they don't really even know Jesus that well. And I mean, isn't that it? That's not it. 
No, that's not it. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. You can't know God without receiving, knowing and receiving Jesus. It's a big deal in the day that we're living in. Next time somebody tells you, you know, it really doesn't matter what you believe. I mean, as long as you, you know, believe in something. Oh, yeah, that, that'll really get you. That'll get you a long ways. Wow. And to do that, see, it all goes back to this thing. And how does God really work? How does his, what's his, what's the key that opens up everything for God? For us, you know, I mean, it's Jesus is our access to God. But what's, what is it that, that uh, what element do we need? What spiritual element do we need to activate, to, to, to work, to be able to open all this stuff up? It's like, you know, let's say there's a, this, you know, time machine door here you know and lights are going this way and that way and there's a something to open that how do i do it faith faith hebrews eleven six. 6 without faith it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to god must believe that he is Everybody passes over that so fast so they can get to the rest of it, which says, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. They were after the reward. They're after the reward. The bounty, we got bounty hunter Christians. <laughs> after the reward. <laughs> but wait a minute. You, you ain't going to know what to do with it if you don't know him and believe that he is. He is. He is what? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, what do you need him to be? What do you need? Wait, look, we, we got this thing now. We're on the cruise ship. We're on the eternal life cruise ship. All right, here we go. We're man, we're we're floating on the waves of faith, right? I mean, there's no limitations, right? So, what do you need? What do you need? So, Jesus, what do you need? Oh, if you could just please, if you could just, if you could just help me. Remember the man. That brought his son out, and the demons were in him. He was thrashing and throwing himself all over the place. And the man says, "Jesus, if you can, if you can do anything, just." And he says, "If, if I can, now, you might want to hurry up, Jesus. The kids, you know, hit some rocks and stuff there. I don't think they had helmets in those days. They just had turbans, you know. If." If I can, all things. Oh, yeah, I ain't getting this. <laughs> Let me try over here. All things. All things. All things are possible to him that believes. What? Well, I don't know. Nobody else can take care of him. Just look at him. <laughs> if you can just do anything. What? I mean, I can just. I love Jesus. <laughs> Everybody, you know, all the movies portray him as this somber guy. Now, never smiling, never. No, man. He, I mean, can you just see him now? Like, what? If I can. What? If I can. All things are possible. He looks for those teaching moments. <laughs> Why? Because we got to know God. We got to know that. There's no more limitations here. 
That's just a demon. It's a fallen spirit. I mean, it has no right. It has to bow. And it did. All things are possible. He is. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. And, and, on top of that, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Wow. Do you know him? Do you know him to the degree that there's just no, like, if you could do anything today, God, please let my car go. I don't have any money for gas, so just let it, just <laughs> somehow get me there. What? If, if I can't get in that car, who needs gas? <sighs> you need no gas. Not where we're going. <laughs> Back to the future. Boy, I've prayed over empty gas tanks before. Wow, we went to Maui, Sandy had some vacation time, and and we went to Maui, beautiful, beautiful island, Hawaiian island there, Maui, wow, they film all these these movies there, we're going up, we're looking at all this stuff, and get to the end over here, and so she says, okay, well, uh, you ready to go back? I said, yeah, we're going to go back the other side, I want to see the other side of the island, well, okay, Uh, need to get gas, well, we'll, we'll stop on the way. Not a big island. I don't know what happened. God must have took a break when he made Maui. I mean, this is beautiful. You go right over over here, and it's like the backside of the dead. It looks like Mars. If they could film anything that looked like Mars, that would be it. I'm serious. And there's no gas stations. So immediately, Sandy is reminding me, (laughs) we've got to get some gas. (laughs) Yeah, honey, I know. Oh, Jesus, if you could do anything, if you need no gas, just pray. Holy Ghost, you just compress every bit of that in there. And we got, I mean, I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm coasting down everything. I'm not, oh, my foot is steady. I'm saving every ounce I got. Well, I see a guy coming down. I, I saw, hey, would you sell me some gas? Oh, there's a gas station on down the road ways. A ways. I've been coming a ways. <laughs> We've been going a ways back when we didn't have anything. <laughs> anyway, so it's like God says, I didn't tell you to ask him. I said, trust me. I don't know how long it is, how far it is. It might be 30 miles. That's no big deal unless you don't have any gas. <laughs> Boy, when I saw that station, we're rolling in. I'm, I had my arm out the window like, trying to help <laughs> paddle us in. <laughs> Whoo. I mean, it's still running. I shut the car off. I go out there to say, get some gas. I open that thing. And Man, that cap came blowing off in my hand. I whoa, yeah, Holy Ghost. Full of that. I don't need no gas. I mean, what is it? Believe that he is. He's my ever-present help in my time of need. He's my rock. He's my shield. He's, a, he's all that I need. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he's the the captain of the conquerors, he's the hero of of everyone that thinks they can do anything. This is God Almighty who spoke into nothing and said, I don't need nothing, just boom. That's our God. Do you know him? Do you really know him? Making him known is no problem when you really know him. When you really know him, and no problem in making him known. I mean, you can't wait to tell somebody. 
about him. Hallelujah. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What do you believe he can do? Well, Lord, if, you know, if you can, uh-oh, we're back over there with the guy, boy, that's kicking around, throwing himself into the fire and everything else. Don't insult God. You know what? Most of our prayers insult God. If I can't, who do you think I am? You don't even know me. You don't even know who I am. I am God. <laughs> I am the one that there's no limitations. There's no boundaries. There's nothing above me. There's nothing below me. You know, the, you know there's nobody going to take my place because I'm always going to be. Ain't nobody coming up behind me, standing in line to take over because they ain't going to be. I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. I'm everything. Don't you know me?